In today's episode, we are joined by the one and only hardcore closer, Brian Stewman. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Brian, thanks so much for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. Dude, I have some like killer allergies. So if I sound like Ben Stein, like I've just got something stuck in my nose, I really do. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, other than that, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. I mean, that's the Texas thing, right? That's like the price we pay for being in Texas. Dude, man, it is like tree semen is raping my nostrils <laughs> on a regular basis around this right now. You know, <laughs> I love it. Now, you know, I've got to admit, Ryan, like one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is when we wanted to level up our sales processes, I mean, you're the guy that we came to because this is your domain, man. I'm good at sales, but let me ask you a real question. Let's just like, let's start this off having a little bit of fun here real quick. Go for it. You, you came to me for sales stuff and I'm sure we, we did some cool sales stuff, but would you say that's really what you got from working with me for a year of finding out something different than I thought? That's why I'm glad we got you on the podcast because obviously here it's not just about sales, but that's where you started. But actually, it's a lot more about mindset and a lot more about, you know, digging deeper than that, right? Well, yes. And I didn't know this at the time. You and I have known each other for quite a while and we worked together last year. You know, it seems like forever ago, time just flies, but it was literally just last year. And one thing that I realize now is that I had to be like the business guy so that I could grow my business. Before I could teach marketing, I had to be good at marketing. Before I could teach sales, I had to be good at sales. Before I could teach business, I had to be good at business. But then I realized like, shit, I'm actually pretty good at life. And because I'm good at life, business falls into place and so these other things. But now I realize, okay, so I've proven that I've got several hot businesses and, and a lot of people don't know, including yourself, but dude, I run some of the biggest brands on the internet. I'm just a behind the scenes guy, right? And I don't talk about it because A, I don't want to the brands up, but B, you know, why bring myself into something that's already working well publicly. And the reason why I share all of that, man, is I found out that, you know, and really my calling is to help people live a better life. I love that. And this is what I want to dive into with you as well, because if you don't mind, you know, the people listening to this may not know your backstory. And when you say about leveling up life and winning at life, you're one of the few other people I know in the internet marketing world, in the business world that had not only as bad a backstory as mine, but I mean, you, you had problems that I never, that I never had to deal with. You know, I, I, no, I won't say yours rivals mine, but you know, in the nicest way, you kind of got like a, a worse hand of mine. And I grew up uh, as a janitor's son in the wrong neck of the woods, you know, living next door to drug dealers. Yeah. And you know, there's lots of people that have had it worse than me. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, there's levels, like there's levels of people who really think what rock bottom is. But for me, like a real quick, Cause I'd rather help you guys in the audience than talk about me. But just so like Adam said, so you know who I am. I was adopted at age seven, changed my identity. I don't know. Like, like it's one thing to be adopted. Like you were a kid in an orphanage. It's another to have like a name and then that name be changed. And you got to go back to the same school the next day. Mm -hmm. Right? Like kids are so mean. Then because of that, I hated school, obviously. Right. And so I left school. I was kicked out all this time. I've, I've been like really polite and be like, I left school when I was in the ninth grade. But the truth is I got kicked out of school when I was in the ninth grade. 
And like most people that were adopted, kicked out of school, end up on drugs. And like most people that get kicked out of school, adopted, and end up on drugs, I went to prison. But I went to prison, I got my shit together, and I promised never to get back on drugs or do dumb shit again. And I did a pretty good job of that. And yeah. got out of prison in 2002, 2004. I have been washing cars since I got out of prison. And I swore by everything holy on this planet, I was going to be the best car wash guy on the planet. That was my goal in life. And I was on my way to doing that because I was dominating. And somebody offered me a job in the banking industry. And I was like, lady, I don't even have a credit card. (laughs) This person saw potential in me. And what's weird is when this person that saw potential in me, nobody would ever saw it before. The qualities that she was like, dude, you're like a hustler and you talk fast and all these other things were the same qualities everybody else made fun of me for. Right. Like all these like construction workers and car wash guys and prison people made fun of me for the same qualities that I'm now a millionaire because of. I want you to think about that. The shit that you do as a young man or a young woman out there that the average ass mother around you laugh at are probably the same things that are be a, the attribution to you becoming successful later in life. I just want to point that out. This lady believed in me for the first time, any and maybe only time. And she got me a job working for her company in the mortgage industry. Within like two months, man, I had made like almost $30,000. I was rich by my definition. That's crazy. I mean, to go from cleaning windows. Yeah. This lady saved my life and uh, she passed away. She's not alive anymore. And she drank herself to death, you know, which is one of the reasons I'm so hard on this force of average concept. But you think, okay, cool. And then here it is. Lamborghinis, Rolls Royce and mansions, right? Nah, 2004, I made a hundred grand. 2000. In five, I made $773,000. 2006, the feds kicked in my door, arrested me for crimes I did not commit, but ended up pleading guilty to because it was better than serving a life sentence. And I ended up going to prison for 15 months for some that I didn't even do. It was a firearms related charge. Oh my gosh. While I was in prison, my then wife divorced me married somebody else, took all my money. And when I got out of prison, just 15 months later, 15 short months later, I get out of prison. I had to move in with my mom and my stepdad. And I don't like or talk to my mom and my stepdad. If that puts it into perspective, I walked into prison a married millionaire. I walked out of federal prison just a year later with $25 to my name, moving into a halfway house until my mom could make room in the extra room of the house for me to live there. But the story gets better. <laughs> Job in the mortgage industry, started making $300,000 a year again. And the worst time to do business, see, in the best time, 2005, I made 700 grand a year. In the worst time, 2009, I made $300,000. However, there was a law passed by President Obama called the Dodd-Frank, and it said if you were a felon, you couldn't work in the banking industry anymore. Mm-hmm. My whole life ended overnight. I knew two things, ladies and gentlemen, how to wash cars, and how to be a banker. And once you've been a banker, ain't no way on God's green earth you're going back to washing cars. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's how I got into this internet business. You know, I needed something that didn't require a license and didn't have a boss and and, uh, this fit the mold. And I'd like to tell you that I got rich on the internet overnight, but it took me six years before I had my first seven-figure year, which is tough because you watch people all the time on the internet talking about how I went from zero to a hundred million in 12 months. And I'm sure Adam can tell you that's fancy and easy as people make it sound (laughs) either. But here I am almost 10 years later, it was March of 2010. So it's 2019 when we're doing this. So almost 10 years later of being in this business, I run multiple eight figure per year businesses, live like a dream life, 
I wouldn't trade my life with Bill Gates' life. Now, I would trade my bank account with Bill Gates' bank account, right? <laughs> like I would trade my house for Bill Gates' house, but I wouldn't trade my wife for his. Mm-hmm. Right? I wouldn't trade my kids for his. I wouldn't trade like what I get to do on a daily basis versus what he has to do on a daily basis. I wouldn't trade with anybody, man. And when you can get to that spot in life where you wouldn't want to trade with anybody else, that doesn't mean that I'm done. I'm still in the pursuit. I'm still in the chase. But when you can get to a point where you don't want to trade with anybody else, that's real power, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. I got to jump in and share something as well. So if anyone listening to this, like me and Ryan are friends, like, you know, we phone and chat at least once every couple of months and catch up and, you know, trade what we've been up to. But exactly on those lines, like to me, that's the true definition of success is when you're living the life that you love. And, uh, you know, just like you, I'm always experimenting and trying new things. And, uh, you know, the last time we spoke, I told you I, I'd take a client and it was a six figure client. It's a lot of money to do some work. And I just didn't like the work. And so I gave them the money back and told them that that is not what I'll be doing anymore. And uh, they were shocked because they couldn't imagine that anyone would do that. But I was creating a life I didn't enjoy. And so I just, you know, it wasn't worth the money. That's the beautiful thing, right? It's like about being a business owner is you can refuse anybody. As long as it's not a gay person's cake, you can pretty much refuse anything these days as a business owner. So if somebody's just not a fit for you, like, you know what? You could just be like, hey, it doesn't fit into what we're doing right now. And that's real power too. Because the worst clients, I, Adam, I know this, and that's why you didn't take that. The worst clients are the ones that you take on when you need the money. Those things are never easy. Those are always the worst. It's so true. And you know, what I was giving up was like happiness and relaxation and no stress. Whereas I always tell people like, you know, my, my business does goods. We're going to, you know, we're not as big as yours, but we'll do, you know, a couple of million this year which is, you know, bigger than we've ever done before. But I'll do that while having free time, while hanging out with my family, while not actually pushing myself that hard, because that's the life that I want to live. I would much rather not work as hard, but still have all the money I need to do everything I want than work really, really hard and generate a, you know, eight figure, nine figure company, but be pushing myself in a way that I'm not comfortable. And I'm not saying I won't get there one day, but I'm going to get there the slow and steady way enjoying my decisions like oh the way that right, right. that's why you got into business in the first place right exactly, exactly that. if not exactly you can come that. work for some asshole like me that can just drive you to the ground and write you a nice <laughs> paycheck every year right to <laughs> be able to do your way exactly i love that all right so you alluded to this before but i do want to bring it up brian you spoke about the force of average and it's one of my favorite concepts that you've come up with and i would be honored if you'd share it with the listeners here because it affects so many people It does. And I'm so passionate about this, right? Like I started off, like I was saying in the beginning is I started off as a sales trainer because that was all I knew. And as a person that's been doing anything like for nine years, you're going to get better at it. Right. Unless like, I don't know how you wouldn't. (laughs) I think the only thing that's acceptable to be doing for long periods of time and never improve is driving. And you know, you own nice cars, you know, Mm -hmm. when you finally buy a Maserati or a Ferrari or anything of that stature, you never realize how bad the drivers were around you until you're trying to protect some really care about, right? Yeah, exactly. But that's the only thing that you can do every single day and never get better at, right? For me, I started off because all I knew was sales and really all I knew was sales to loan officers because that was the only business I'd ever done because car wash people weren't going to pay me. Mm -hmm. And so I started off in the sales world with loan officers became successful and built my business from there. But I knew this, right? When I started off in the sales world, I knew that this wasn't really my calling. I just knew that I needed to make an example. 
And what I'm about to share with you guys, this force of average slash this G code process that I'm about to share with you, all the stuff that I just told you, it sounds like it was hell. And, and it was at the time, like being in prison, dude, like you see on TV where like people walk down the run on prison and they're like, Hey fish, I can't wait to see you in the shower tonight or whatever. Right. Like you see this mm-hmm. stuff on TV, like that's one prison in the two years that I was in state prison back in the two thousands. I went to eight or nine different prisons in two years. I had to make that walk eight or nine different freaking times. Dude, I have been through some hell in my life. Mm -hmm. And when I finally got a piece of heaven about five years ago, when things started clicking and I was like, Oh shit, I'm starting to make more money than I've ever made in my life. And I've made good money before. Obviously I was like, I don't want this up. Okay. So the first time I started making decent money, I was selling drugs. I went to prison. Second time I started making decent money. I was in the banking industry. I went to prison. How do I not repeat that process? Yeah. You know, like I've been up and been down in my whole life. I told you what I didn't tell you is prior to me being adopted, my family was wealthy and happened to them. Mm-hmm. So my whole life has been this up and down. And finally, I started looking about two years ago. I said, dude, okay, so how can I avoid the downs? Because my life hasn't just been up and down. It's been rocket ship trips to the moon highs, <laughs> followed by jackhammer lows, right? Like we'd go around a rock bottom with a jackhammer and be like, I think we could dig it a little bit deeper here, right? Like that's (laughs) what I've always done, but I'm tired of that. So two years ago, I have a life changing event where I say, man, I I don't want to go back, Mm -hmm. right? I I, I have kids now. In the past, when I went through all this shit, two steps forward, one step back, hey, it's cool. I don't have any kids, no responsibility. Now I have three kids I love and there are no way they're going to visit me in prison. No way. So I start looking for answers and I discover that this theory, and I'm going to share it with you. So first I need you to take your like religious hat off. If you're religious, that's cool. I'm religious too. I go to church, but I want you to understand that that's not going to help you with what I'm sharing with you. Mm -hmm. Sit that to the side. So let's just say that like God didn't create us and we're here in a computer simulation. Smart people say that, right? Mm -hmm. And so let's just say that that's what we're doing here. Let's just say that God is the person that coded that computer simulation, like Mark Zuckerberg coded Facebook or whatever, right? So in order for any simulation to work with intelligence, there has to be algorithms and boundaries, right? Even for you to be a human being, there has to be algorithms you live by, patterns you run and boundaries, right? Like things you will and won't do. Well, the same thing happens on this earth. And so if you look at like Newton's law, it's for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Well, I call that the force of average. You see, if you live below average physically, mentally, financially, and with the people around you, then it's pretty easy life on this planet, right? Like you can be poor and the government will send you money. You don't have to work for it. Starbucks will give you free coffee. If you live in California, you can sleep on the streets because the weather's nice. (laughs) Being poor isn't really that hard. It seems almost if you're poor, the world tries to push you up to become average. You ever realize that? Like if you're a subpar person, the world tries to push you to get on par and they'll almost do anything they can to help you. I know as a person that makes a significant income, I give back to people who can't help themselves. Their life, because of the things that I give to them, is easier because I'm making it easy. Whereas I had to work for that money that I'm giving to them. You dig what I'm saying? 100%, man. Average people on the baseline, they got it the best, right? They live in what I call the comfort zone. They're the biggest victims of the force of average because they don't know that they're average. Right. These are the people financially that make a hundred grand a year and go, dude, I'm a one percenter. Nah, bro. You're a 60 percenter. You don't realize in America, man, a hundred grand a year is not a lot of money anymore. The force of average has you, but it's okay. Right. These are people that 
our 25% body fat and go, well, I don't, you know, I'm still skinny. It's like, nah, bro, you're in bad shape, man. You're number one candidate to get diabetes later in life. And I'm not here trying to like knock people for their mm-hmm. financial and physical situation. I'm just saying that if you're average and you're comfortable, it's not all you think. You think, oh, I'm average and I'm comfortable. I'm skinny. That doesn't keep you from getting diabetes. That doesn't keep you from catching cancer. That doesn't keep you from coming down with some crazy, mm-hmm. right? And so we see people that try to strive to be great. Guys like you, Adam, guys like me, guys like Grant Cardone or Ed Milet or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, right? We're trying to do great things. Well, the force of average, if it's trying to keep you average, that means that if you're below average, it's trying to help you get to average. If you're average, it's trying to keep you there. But what about those of us that are trying to be more than average? Those of us that are in a quest for greatness. It's like a gravitational pull against us trying to get us back to average. It's easy if you're below, it's trying to pick you up to be average. It's easy if you live on the baseline, it just keeps you there. But for those of us, it's like we're the smart kids in class up the grading curve for everybody else. We're going to get beat up after school behind the freaking football field by the jocks because we got good scores on our class. The crabs in the bucket are going to try to pull us back as we try to escape their force of average. And so what happens is we have good months followed by bad months. And part of it is because of the surroundings and the algorithm on this planet. And part of it is because the people around us and the algorithm on this planet make us feel like we shouldn't have the things that we want the most. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, we have a good month and we make $20,000. We feel like, dude, my family's poor. I come from humble beginnings. I shouldn't be making this kind of money. So the next month you make five. But you tell yourself it's okay because you made 20 grand once in a month. So you tell yourself, oh yeah, dude, I make 20 grand a month. Mm -hmm. Dude, how many people do you know, Adam, that have gone through that cycle? Oh yeah, absolutely. In your line of work, in your previous line of work, that have found their dream girl and then slept with her fat, ugly, one-eyed girlfriend. It's funny you say that. So my dad has been like my biggest supporter my whole life. Like you, me and mom don't talk, but me and my daddy's been there. And I've had more success in the last couple of years than ever. Last time my dad came to visit me, uh, he flipped out at me and was like, uh, hey, you know what? We don't have to talk ever again. And I was like, what do you mean we don't have to talk ever again? And he's like, look, just give me 10 grand and I'll never bother you again. I'm like, how about I give you 10 grand and you stay talking to me, dad, because you're my dad. Like, if you need 10 grand, I'll just give you 10 grand. And my dad's like, no, I can't take money from you. I was like, you're literally just asking to take money from me to never see me again. Like, what's going on? Uh, Basically, my dad admitted that he's had financial problems and has had them for the last couple of years and didn't want to bring it up to me. And because he felt bad because I was a success and he wasn't. And so our entire relationship has been strained for the last two years because of my dad's upset at his lack of money. And so I was just like, dad, I'll just put you on salary and give you money every month. And don't worry about it. Like you're my dad. And, but it's exactly what you were saying. Like that force of average, the more successful I became, the more my relationship with my father got strained. And to fix it, I have to help him move back up into average. Yep. You're exactly right. You know, the great philosopher Puff Daddy has a song (laughs) called, you know, Mo Money, Mo Problems. And a lot of people take that as, if I get more money, then the equation means that I'm going to have more problems. But what you have to really look at things is problem solvers get paid. So really, he puffed out. He was just like saying it because it was easier to say that way. But really, the more problems, the more money. Mm-hmm. You see, because if you have problems and I solve them, then you gladly pay for it. Right. And so people have it wrong. But back to this whole force of averages, you know, what happens is you make a bunch of money and then you one month and then you have a bad month. You go find the woman or man of your dreams and then you screw it up by sleeping with someone who's nowhere near as good as them or is a douchebag or a cheater or a whore or whatever the case. 
you go out and you lose 30, 40, 50 pounds and you're ripped for the summer and then you're a fat, hairy bastard for the wintertime, right? You go and you make a bunch of money, but you don't feel good that you have the money. So you spend it on dumb shit like fancy shoes and watches and, and trips and vacations. And like the force of average has one job and one job. This is how the algorithm works. It's, it's so simple. It has one job and one job only, and that's to distract you. You see, because when a human being is focused, that's our superpower. When we get focused, we can do anything we want. Think about it. Last time you were in the zone, you could accomplish anything that you wanted. Anything. When we get in the zone, we draw maps. We go to other planets. We create new species. We genetically modify the way that we eat. Like when we get in the zone as a human being, we become unstoppable. So the force of average in order to keep you average needs to keep you distracted. That's why everybody these days says that they have ADD and ADHD and they're on hyperactivity pills and they can't focus. And we lie and tell ourselves funny things like, oh, I had an ADD moment or, you know me, I ain't paying attention to details. And that is the very thing that will set you free on this planet. The very thing is focus, paying attention to the details. But focus isn't just having a vision like putting up a, you know, if you focus, man, you can make it happen. Just put up a picture or something, stare at it. No, focus means having a vision and taking the applied actions necessary until that vision becomes a reality. And in order for us to get focused on something, we have to be clear. And one of the ways the force of average distracts all of us is it makes everything that we do vague, right? Like we even have words where good is bad, you know, and dog is human, right? Like think of how it is, right? It's just making it so much more vague so that your subconscious is storing all this information and it's more information than your conscious mind can actually access. And so it causes us to just like be distracted at all times. Did you know we see 5,000 advertisements a day? The average person's reticular activation system has to make 23,000 decisions per day. We are constantly distracted. And since we were little kids, our teachers, parents, and even ourselves, friends, and family have told us that we have ADD or that we can't focus. We hear it all the time in church and school. And so we grow up and we're completely distracted, even though our biggest superhuman power is focus. So how do you focus, right? How do you beat the force of average? So how do you stay great and you not have these lows? For me, I'm on a continuous high street, mm -hmm. right? Like I don't have any lows anymore because I figured out the four areas that I need to focus on every day in order to combat the force of average. If the force of average has one job to distract me because it knows that focus is important, then I need to figure out exactly what I need to focus on every day and how to do it. And it boils down to four areas. And this isn't new, right? Like anything that I'm telling you is nothing new. Nothing's new under the sun. We just create new with the old that's always been here in front of us the whole time. And so there's four areas. You got to focus on winning every single day. Number one is you have to win in your grateful mindset. Now, the reason why I see you have to have a grateful mindset is that you have to appreciate and be thankful for what you have now or what's coming next won't matter either. Mm -hmm. The true work-life balance is bull right? Like the real balance in life is being grateful for what you have right now while in pursuit of what's next. Because if you're too grateful for what you have right now, you won't go after what's next. And if you only care about what's next, you won't be grateful. That's the true balance that we have to seek. The second thing is we've got to work on our genetics, right? Because no matter how good your mindset is, no matter how much money you have, if your body is up, if your genetics are up, if you're not eating right, taking supplements and exercising, and I'm not saying you got to be Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. I'm not saying you got to go out and be Mr. Olympia. But what I am saying is you got to take care of you. You got to eat the right food. Mm -hmm. You got to make sure that you're moving your body around. 
right? For some people's CrossFit, for some people's Orange Theory. Most people don't realize this, but most of you haven't competed in anything since you were in high school. Some of y'all 45, 50 years old listening right now and haven't competed at since you were 18, 17, 16 years old. No marathons, no running, no CrossFit, no Orange Theory, no nothing. And we as human beings, like we're supposed to be competitive physically. That's how we evolved. Like the reason why you're here is because somewhere along the line, your great, great grandfather killed a bunch of people in line to your great, great grandmother. That's how we got here, right? Like we were competitively evolved. So that we, anyway, I, you know, I got to share this one. One of my favorite facts is uh, a lot of people don't realize like what humans are the best at physically. And I don't know if you know this, but you know, like each member of the animal kingdom is the best at something, right? So like you got the cheetah is the fastest land mammal, that kind of thing. Humans are the best long distance runners. We can outrun any other animal on the planet. I believe that. Guys like my friend David Goggins that can run 200 miles. Right. So, but then, then it gets better. The first person to ever run a marathon was a Greek soldier from the Battle of Marathon, which is what they named it after. And he ran the distance. It was like 23 and a half miles and delivered the message. This was actually the Battle of 300. Remember that movie, the 300 movie? It's the, the Battle of Thermopylae. Yeah. So he ran and basically said, Hey, King Leonidas and 300 Spartans just held off the Persians, a million soldiers for like the last couple of days. And then they fell and there were only 300 of them. We need to mobilize. It was the last thing he said. And then he died because he ran. One of my friends is like, yeah. And now we all run marathons for fun and like rub it in that poor guy's face. <laughs> but like, but that's what humans can do. We're incredible creatures. We can do things that, that nobody else on the planet can do. That's a good thing. You know why everybody can run marathons now? Because they have something to focus on 23 and a half miles. Mm -hmm. You know, like if Mark Zuckerberg coded Facebook and the divine coder created the simulation that we live in, wouldn't you draw the conclusion that maybe math is the code that this whole entire planet was written with? Which is really cool because there's only 10 numbers, zero through nine, right? So if you can figure out what the to do with 10 different things, no matter how many times over, like math gets you to the moon, math gets you to become a millionaire, math gets you to build a business math, like, dude, it's all based on math. It's crazy when you really start thinking about all this. Shit. Like I had to be the sales trainer guy to come up with all this. So y'all bear with me. Right. <laughs> like, dude, isn't this the closer guy? Aren't we going to talk about sales? What's going on? Is this a Joe Rogan podcast? Who the fuck is this guy? Is he on shrooms? <laughs> this is what I think about all the time. And so if we know that we got to focus on our genetics, we know we got to focus on having a grateful mindset because most of us live in scarcity, anger, fear, The third thing that we have to do is we got to focus on our grind, right? Our job, the thing that makes us money. And the fourth thing that we got to get a win and focus in every single day is a group of people that we're surrounded with. I call this the G code, right? The code to great. If you want to live a great life, here's the four things you got to focus on. And the group of people matters the most because my friend Ed Milet says it this way. He's like, if you're a seven naturally on a scale of one to 10 and you hang around a bunch of fives, fours, then eventually you're going to be a six, a five, or a four because you become who you hang with. Yep. If you're a seven naturally and you surround yourself with eights, nines, and tens, worst case scenario, you stay a seven. Best case scenario, you elevate to an eight, nine, or 10. But it's the exact opposite if you hang out with people that are below you. And so as much as I hate to say it because the Bible says thou shalt not judge, the truth is we have to judge. Matter of fact, we're genetically coded to judge And we need to judge and rejudge, right? The judgment that I pass on Adam three years ago isn't the same judgment that I have on him today. I got to rejudge that. But I guarantee if Adam wasn't up to par, like when we met three years ago at the boardroom, 
if you were on drugs and, and still out partying like that, we wouldn't be having this conversation on your podcast right now, right? Because I'm assessing the group of people I surround myself with because I know that if I surround my, I'm a 10. If I surround myself with a bunch of fives and sixes, I'll be an eight or a seven. That's too close to average for me. <laughs> I love it. Actually, um, you made a, a Bible quote that I love. And, you know, I love that you're religious. I'm not religious, but I love well, I'm religion. I'm not religious either. I've just been in prison for so damn long that I know all the religious books. So like, <laughs> let me clear that up. So, no, I love it. But you made this quote and I want to complete it. because It's actually really fascinating because I think it reinforces your point. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in the great book. You know, even if you're not religious, I think there is things to be found. So, you know, the um, thou shalt not judge. But the full sentence is, lest ye be judged yourself or a version of it, which is, you know, the King James Version in Matt 7. But the point is, it's okay to judge as long as you are willing to be judged. As long as basically, you know, don't put anything out there that you're not willing to take back. So I think if you are holding yourself to that accountability where you say, you know, I am an eight and I am rising and I am doing what I want, it's okay to judge the others, providing you're willing for them to judge you too, and you'll be found worthy. And I like, you know, a lot of what you're saying here because you're talking about being worthy. You know, it's not like you're saying, well, if you're below me, I'm not going to help you. In fact, you know, you already mentioned how you are donating and helping those who are not where you're at to rise up. And I find actually a lot of the words you're saying, you're saying, hey, I'm holding myself to this really high accountability level. And I only want to socialize and interact with people who are holding themselves up to that accountability level. If you are lower than me, I am not saying I'm not going to help you. But I'm saying that I am challenging you and offering to help you rise up to my plate so you can come and be with me. And if you will not, then I will judge you as someone who will not rise up to that plate. And that's fine. And you can move on. And if you wish to judge me in return, you can. But know that when you judge me, you will be judging me as someone who is helping people, who is trying to rise you up. And you have chosen not to. Man, that really changes it. Yeah, sorry, I'm pre preaching there, but... <laughs> no, I, I dig it, man, because like I said, we're genetically coded to judge. Yeah. So here's what I do. Every day, I focus on those four areas and I journal it, right? Like I journal and make sure that I won in those four areas. If not, I ain't got, I, the day ain't over for me yet. And I can tell you guys, the person that's had, you know, I've been divorced three times, man. I've been to jail twice, dude. I've been, I've had two different names because of adoption. Like I have been through some shit, y'all. But I'm telling you, I would not trade lives. Like maybe if you were like, hey, Ryan, you can be where you are today and you don't have to go back and go through all that. I might be like, eh, fuck it. you know what, dude, it wasn't that much fun. But, but in reality, like, dude, I wouldn't trade any moment of my life. Dude, I got stories that like when we're sitting around having a few beers and, and Adam, you can attest to this. I got stories nobody else has. I am in a funny son of a because I've had to deal with so much pain. I've had to suppress it through humor, which amount of pain that I've had to go through. I'm hilarious. Kevin Hart, eat your heart out, dude. <laughs> like there's so many gifts that have come through this pain. And while we're at it, if we're just going to talk about some Bible stuff in the book of Genesis, there's a story about a dude named Joseph. Joseph goes through long story short, all sorts of hell with his family ends up becoming the most powerful person in Egypt. Family shows up, not knowing that he's who he is and they're begging for help. And he says, here's who I am. I'm your son. You me over. You meant all this for evil, but guess what? God meant it for good. And I kind of look at myself the same way. Like maybe I had to go through all this evil, but now when my clients come to me and they make a bunch of money and their wife wants to divorce them, I can talk to them and I can give them sound advice from true experience, not just some guesswork. 
when my clients come to me and they want to know how to make a million dollars, their first million in a year, I know how to make that happen. When they want to make their first 10 million in a year, I know how to make that happen. When they want to get their body in right, I know you guys are just listening to this audio. I'm no, you know, Mr. Olympia, but I'm not in bad shape whatsoever. Right. So I can tell people my diet, how I work out and the that I put in. Like I have all these things in place and all these experiments that I've gone through because I've got the experience to become an expert so I can really share like what I'm sharing right now with you guys and change the world. And I know maybe it's one person that listens to this podcast and goes, holy dude, that he's talking about changing my life. I'll never be the same person again because now I get exactly what Stuman was saying. You know what? That makes this whole 30 minutes to an hour long segment that we're doing here worth it, even if it's just one person. Because I know what this concept's done for my life. If I just get to do it for one person at a time, dude, like even if I don't know about it, it's such a big payoff, you know? Yeah, dude, I love that so much, Ryan. So we're getting close to the end. And whenever I get here, I always ask people, you've given so much value. <laughs> it's, there's, there's a lot. I almost, almost feel bad asking this, but I don't. I ask everyone at the end of each episode to give me one psychological hack that you would give someone, one mindset shift or one thing they could do that would just be an instant win for them to help them be more successful or grow their business or something practical that they can apply. Maybe something that you don't normally share. What would that be, right? If you could give somebody something. Man, I don't have any tips for instant anything. It's because I don't have instant anything in my life. I don't have one case study where I've got instant results because that's typically not how this world works. You know, one thing I'm obsessed with was how, how the world works. And one thing I noticed is the actions, you know, you say uh, you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the natural things such as farming and living and organic stuff is supernatural as well as far as like uncovered hidden stuff that maybe you didn't realize, but it's there in plain sight. And, you know, the natural farming cycle is about three to six months. Like you plant a seed three to six months later, you can harvest whatever the fruit or vegetable from that seed was. And in most cases, anyway. And our life is a lot like that, right? I don't think it's instant. I think what we do today affects us 90 days to six months from now, mm -hmm. right? And so I think you need to be thinking about that. So many people are selling like, I ran an ad today and I made a million dollars. Yes, because you've been running that same ad for five years now. And today it's starting to catch up from 90 days ago to six months. <laughs> like people say, oh, my business is blown up. It's like, no, it's because the work that you did 90 to 180 days ago that your business is blowing up today. And if you don't keep doing that work 90, 180 days later, your land will be barren and you won't have any fruit or vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. That being said, I just don't believe that anything happens instantly, but I can give you a hack that will happen over the next 60 to 90 days. Perfect. First thing I do every morning when I wake up is I pull up my phone and I write down five things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. It's nothing new. A lot of people have said that, but let me explain why. Cause I think a lot of people need to know why before they do some shit. First thing in the morning we wake up, most people are grumpy, right? We hear people all the time say, Oh, I'm not a morning person. You know, you know, don't with me until I have my coffee. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But what if first thing in the morning you woke up and you made your brain search for five things that you were grateful for? It's going to be really hard to be in a bad mood after that. Mm -hmm. Especially if you take a minute to remember, like when I write five things down, it might be my wife or my kids or a car or freedom or whatever, my bed, right? Dude, I've been doing this for 500 days now. So I believe me, I've had to come up with a lot of to be grateful for. But every day I wake up, and even I can wake up mad, like, man, you know what? We should have got 10 million listeners on that podcast. God damn it. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait, I'm grateful for being on podcasts. Grateful for my kids. Grateful that I woke up next to my wife. 
right? It just changes everything. It gets your day started off right. Now, here's the other part of this equation, though, and you have to do both of them in order for this to work right. Mm -hmm. I explained to you the G-code. At the end of the night, write down where you want that same note that you wrote down five things or more that you're grateful for. Go back to that note at the end of the night and write down everywhere that you want in those four areas for the day. Mm -hmm. Here's what happens after a couple months. Your mind automatically wakes up grateful and your mind automatically goes to sleep in winter. And that, my friends, is real power. Instant results. That's real long-term sustainable power. See, power doesn't happen instantly. If you charge a battery, it takes hours. Right. The sun, the most powerful thing that any of us could probably comprehend, took 6.8 billion years to become powerful enough to run this planet. But many of us won't even take 90 days to become powerful enough to influence our marketplace, to become powerful enough to control our own mind, to become powerful enough for the shit that we need to do to power through the fucked up life that we're going to live anyway. Mm -hmm. So stop looking for instant results, man. I know I probably just f***ed your question up for all future people on this show, but. I hope that resonates with a lot of people and makes sense to you. No, I think that's absolutely great. It's funny, like you say, you know, I've heard all these people saying, you know, you can get instant results, you can do this, you can do that. I've always found that the only thing I get in my life comes from repetitive, very long, repeated work and refinement over and over and over again. So yeah. If you want to be successful in life, just keep going because so many people drop off along the way. My friend Andy Frisella, the guy runs a $300 million a year business. For eight years, he made $60,000. Not per year. That's in eight years, he made $60,000. You know why he now makes $300 million? It's not like some breakthrough fucking happened. All of his competition eventually tapped out. And after eight years, he just scooped up little by little, more and more marketplace where that compounded. Mm-hmm. That's so funny you say that. You know, obviously, I was in the dating industry for a very long time. And uh, I started moving out of it. You know, the whole process of zig when everyone zags. I moved out of it because everyone was moving in. And now with all the social issues that are happening in the world, everyone's very scared of the dating movement. And so I'm going straight back into it and like, you know, doubling down and really going back in heavily. But I'm taking on board the messages the media wants to be said and incorporating it into all the old stuff that I know works really, really well. And it's just, you know, moving into a market where no one else is, where I've already worked for years. But it's funny because it's like I'm starting from scratch. Because, you know, I'm building it all up all over again. But, you know, like you, I know my stuff. I know that what I'm saying is real. So it's going to be a fun journey, but it's going to take time. You know, even though I was at the head of the game, I've got to work my way back up. That's how it is, man. Every, nothing's instant. And dude, there's plenty of stories with instant money. Jordan Belfort, instant money. He's been incarcerated. He's struggled. Joe Lowe, one of the richest investors of all time, instant billions, you know, lost money. We hear the story of lottery winners and inheritance and like that, dude, anything that's instant is usually bad news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Build I took Viagra one time and it was like, you're going to have an instant heart on that lasted long enough to where I almost had to call the doctor. Nothing instant, even when it comes to sex is as good as it sounds. <laughs> I promise you. I love it. All right, Ryan, you're incredible. I love this. This is so good. Hey, now you're not going to get these kind of comparisons anywhere else, ladies and gentlemen, just right here from me. Yeah, it's true. I don't think we've had cussing in any of the other podcasts either so far yet. So it's awesome. <laughs> nope. I, I want the real raw Ryan. Anyone, anyone can listen to this and get it. We'll put a warning up on the, uh, on the podcast. So this is important. Anyone that wants to, you know, maybe learn from you or, or take it a step further, you know, what would you recommend they do? What's the first step to working with Ryan Stuman or, or learning more from you, man? Where do they go? Dude, it's real easy. You used to, I own several companies. Two of them are very important. They're the big hitters. One of them is an online education company and I've ran it for forever. But my focus right now is with phone sites. You can go to phonesites.com and sign up. 
for a uh, two-week free trial over there. And here's the great part about that is once you get signed up, you'll hear from my staff and they'll call you. They'll walk you through. They'll help you build your first website. They'll walk you through the whole process. And then you'll be able to join a secret group where I go in there and coach you weekly on business and marketing. And occasionally there's some mindset stuff, but I'm 100% focused on that right now. And if you guys like the stuff that you hear today on this podcast, and you know that you need to grow your business, you know you need to adopt a different mindset, then the best, easiest place to go is phonesites.com. Sign up for two-week free trial. At the end of the two weeks, it's $97 a month to use the software. But as a bonus and benefit of using that software, you get to learn from me and my network. And uh, there's a whole bunch of us. It's not a, a small software. It's not like just a couple users or some beta test. Like it's a, it's a big deal and a big network. And uh, it all starts by going to phonesites.com forward slash closer. That's my personal link, even though I own the company. But that way, I know you came through me personally. So I know that when you reach out to actually help you instead of hit you with the robo response, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to join me, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, any excuse to hang out with you, even if it's virtually and not here in my office or somewhere in California, I'll take it, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. And actually, I do need to make a trip out to Dallas and I'll come do it. I'll swing by, come say hi. You think me, I'd be a good friend and come out and see your place at, at one point too. So I'll make that happen, dude. I, hey, I appreciate it. I'd love to have you. And for all you listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. We appreciate you. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. To celebrate the launch of this show, we're giving away one free membership to our Smart Blueprint program and some of my favorite business books to five lucky listeners who follow, review, and share the podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You can find the exact steps on how to enter in the show notes below. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.